Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. How's the John Tortorella experience? So far, it's uh, he definitely delivers on all the promises. <laughs> Welcome to checking out the competition, Vegas Golden Knights. We are joined by the site manager for Knights on Ice, the SB Nation blog dedicated to the Vegas Golden Knights, Tom Ertz. Tom, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How about you? Not bad, not bad. Um, so we're uh, pretty well into the season before we're getting a look at the Golden Knights. And I know it's been a while since it was the off season, but since we haven't seen you yet, um, maybe you could kind of run down the notable things that happened this off season. Sure. So with the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, obviously they are an expansion franchise that joined the league in, you know, 27-2018 season. Um, and this this most recent year was the first time that they failed to make the playoffs. And it was for a combination of reasons, injuries being the, the biggest. And I would say that all culminates with, you know, the injury of Robin Lehner towards the end of the season. Um, you know, he had been battling a couple of things, but he was still playing. And that was kind of the weird part. And there was this kind of cat and mouse kind of thing with him and, and Pete DeBoer, who was ultimately um, fired as the head coach of, of the Golden Knights. And he was replaced by Bruce Cassidy, who shockingly became available when the Boston Bruins let him go. Mm-hmm. Um and that's been going great for them. And I would say the story so far this year of the Golden Knights, really, and the biggest things that happened in the offseason was just the fact that people got healthy. Obviously, Jack Eichel was was limited last year because he was recovering from the neck surgery. Mark Stone missed a lot of time with injuries. He had offseason surgery. Um they brought in Phil Kessel, who it's it's just been a lot of fun to see him uh obviously set the Iron Man streak, which was previously held by Keith Yandel, someone who I feel it invokes different emotions from the uh the Philly <laughs> fan base. Uh, both good, both bad. Yeah, to say the least. Uh, um and it's been a story of of goaltending where Obviously, like I said, Robin Lehner's, you know, he had off-season surgery. He's missing the entire year. Mm-hmm. And it was a, situ- a situation where it's like, okay, you obviously have a lot of talent up front. You have talent on the back end, you know, with Alex Petrangelo and, and Shea Theodore. But you're going to have two goalies that have never really been tested all that much in Logan Thompson and, and Aiden Hill. And so far, so good, uh, knock on wood, as the – Golden Knights have gotten off to a great start, 19-7-1, and 39 points. They're best in the West, and they are third in the NHL overall. 
Yeah, I was going to ask you about the goalies because I'm just kind of scrolling down the stats page there. And I'm like, Logan Thompson, that's uh, that's a guy who I, I didn't know existed. And he's got a 921. That's a pretty, pretty good. Yeah, he had a great first month of the season. Um, and it that was kind of the funny thing about it. So November was kind of a down month for him, but he was still voted as the NHL's rookie of the month for November, partially because he went 8-2-0. and um, But he's in this weird kind of situation similar to, um, you know, Alex Nedeljkovic, um, you know, going back where Nedeljkovic was a rookie in his first year and a finalist for the Calder, but he did not have enough games played to lose his rookie status. So, um, Thompson appeared in 19 games last year, and this year he's appeared in 18. So he's technically still a rookie, even though he does have experience from last year. And he's someone that, if everything breaks right, he could potentially be a finalist. Although, obviously, you know, there are people that will look at him and be like, oh, well, he kind of played already. And there's obviously other talented rookies in the league. But, um, so far, so good for Thompson. Like, he probably would have had even better numbers last year had Vegas down the stretch not gone to as many shootouts as they did. Where the case mm-hmm. there was, they could not, the Golden Knights could not score at all in the shootout, and they would lose a lot of shootouts by just giving up one goal. So it was uh-huh. just kind of this situation where he's standing on his head, save after save after save, and he finally lets one in. and. That was that was it. So he was well tested um, last year to kind of give him a, an idea of what he would be facing. And, and uh, you know, his most recent win over Boston, he makes you know forty saves. Um, he comes up big, you know, on a you know penalty kill late, and uh, ultimately holds on for the win. So it's been a good story for Logan Thompson this year, and you know, uh, hopefully it can continue. So we are recording this Tuesday. So uh, in between this recording and the game on Friday, the Golden Knights will be playing the Rangers on Wednesday, the Flyers playing the Capitals. So we've got a couple of days here. And just kind of looking at the current injury list, um, I see Alex Petrangelo is day-to-day and Jack Eichel day-to-day. Do you expect them to be out come Friday, or do you think we'll see them? So... In the case of Petrangelo, he's day-to-day with what's just been described as personal reasons. So ah, okay. as, as far as I last checked, there really hasn't been any update on that, where Eichel was day-to-day with a lower body injury. Um, you know, he kind of got hit with a puck in, uh, you know, the last game prior to Boston, I think it was against the, the Columbus Blue Jackets. And it kind of looked, you know, benign at the time it wasn't really anything you would want to like oh like sometimes you know players lay the game or it's like okay this is something we need to watch so I think it was just a precautionary thing um but I would say that he's more likely to play than he isn't if Mm -hmm. anything he'll miss the upcoming game against the Rangers and then he I would expect him to be good to go for um the Flyers so as you said, um, Vegas having so far a pretty great season, 19-7-1. and one. 
first overall in the Pacific, first overall in the West. Um, hard to find fault with any of that, I'm sure. But um, what would you say has been the thing specifically that's been going so well for the Knights so far this season? I would say what's gone very well for them is that they are a very balanced team. And I say that in a way that it's kind of unexpected because the thing with the Knights is they've been making so many big swings ever since they've entered the league that as an expansion team, they found their way to get into a level of salary cap hell that I just don't understand how you do that so quickly. You think, okay, (laughs) you start with a clean slate and you run up the bill that quickly to the point where, um, you know, they trading flurry for nothing. They traded Max Pacioretty for nothing. They offloaded, you know, Evgeny Dadnoff after they found a place that, you know, he was actually contractually, you know, signed off to go to, um, you know, so, They've been very balanced. Like, obviously, Eichel leads the team up front, you know, 29 points. But then, like, Stone, 21 points. Chandler Stevenson, 21 points. Theodore and Petrangelo, 21 points each. Marsha, so 20 points. And, like, you have a bunch of different players who are finding ways to contribute night in and night out. Whereas, you know who the top guys are, but there's always someone looking to step up. And when you have that sort of balance, it kind of makes it hard for an opposition to say, okay, we're going to go in and shut down this line and then we should be good mm-hmm. where the Knights have two really good lines. And then a third line where you've had kind of changing in and out parts with the one consistent there being Phil Kessel, who is always a threat to score. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just been this balance, and I think that's what ha- has helped them a lot so far. So this is the first full season of the Jack Eichel experience for you guys. Um, how's it been so far? Are you happy with what he's bringing to the team? It's been amazing, um, and it's it's really good to see from the perspective of this is someone who obviously had uh, an issue with his neck. He undergoes this surgery that mm-hmm. is considered controversial, experimental, you know, dep- depending on what perspective you're looking at it. And it's been a short period of time and he's come back and he's been the Jack Eichel that everyone came to you know, know and love or for some hate in Buffalo. And yeah. it leads to, for me, I, I see like other players have since gone on to have surgery. I think like Tyler Johnson is one who who's had it also. So from that perspective, you might be opening up some doors for players that are having these injuries that they can have this procedure done and then hopefully return to form. But um, I wrote a story on an article today, and I would say that he's probably on the fringe of being an MVP level candidate. Obviously, the big attention is going to go to, you know, Connor McDavid and mm-hmm. Jason Robertson because they're having amazing offensive seasons but i would say that at some point you might see a little bit of a slowdown and you know you'll have an opportunity for like a third or fourth like tier candidate to step up Mm -hmm. and i think especially with how the knights are playing 
if they're the top team in the West, then Eichel could get some attention. But even regardless of that, he's just been everything that Vegas has, has wanted and more. And one of the more interesting things that I saw is that from a defensive element, he's having one of the most impactful seasons where obviously everyone thinks of Jack Eichel. He's, you know, he's a great offensive player, great skater, very creative. But this year, he's having some of the best defensive impacts of his career. Now, maybe some of that is by playing with Mark Stone, who is one of the more yeah. underrated defensive forwards. But Eichel is is contributing in his fair share. So that's obviously been very beneficial for the Golden Knights. What would you say has been the weakest part of the Vegas season so far? This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are... It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. I would say the weakest part has been um, defense at times, where you obviously have some high-end talent in Shea Theodore and Alex Petrangelo. But then you kind of have a little bit of a drop-off where you have someone like Alex Martinez who is 35 years old and he's not quite the player he was earlier in his career. You have Braden McNabb who is, you know, decent, um, not great, not terrible. And there have just been this, these stretches at times where you have these little micro breakdowns where everything just seems to go wrong in, in a short stretch. And... I think of, you know, a pair of games against the Canucks where they would give up a bunch of goals. They would score a bunch of goals. You'll give one up. Um, then there was a game where they lost. I think it was 5-1 against the Canucks. And one of the goals was literally with like a second left. So they couldn't even get into the the second intermission to keep it at 4 nothing. Um, and I think part of it is there's a learning curve. Like Zach Whitecloud is is someone who I think has potential um, defensively. He had a lot of impact last year, and he's had a little bit of a slower start this year. Um, another defenseman they have who's on the young side is Nick Hague. He signed late, so he's you know didn't participate really in the preseason and stuff like that. So he's kind of had to get ready on the fly. Um, but I, I think that that's something that they'll have the flexibility to address. But when they're being as offensive as they have been and they're getting pretty good goaltending, they've been able to compensate for now. But that's definitely something that they would have to look at, um, you know, as they as they go on during the season, if if they do want to be 
a serious contender, you know, come playoff time. So just talk special teams um, for a second. I'm just looking here on the NHL's website. It looks like they're about middle of the pack for power play percentage, 16th overall in the league. Uh, you know, respectable. Um, but on the penalty kill, 25th in the league, actually one below your Philadelphia Flyers. Um, what's going on with the penalty kill? Is it as bad as it looks on paper? It's pretty bad at times. And I'm just trying to have a sheet. So like for um for the Golden Knights, so we have our for our schedule. So like, you know, previews and recaps, we have pretty much like a um a running dock of things and we we track, you know, power plays and penalty kills. So let's see. So their most recent game was against Boston. And it's been better of late. So last three games, you go three out of four on the PK, two out of three, three out of four. But then you have that aforementioned Canucks game. They mm-hmm. give up three power play goals on five attempts. Um, then you have, have some earlier in the year, they gave up four goals on six attempts. So you have these kind of, like I was sort of like mentioning earlier, these controlled sort of meltdowns where everything just seems to go wrong, um, which are kind of tanking things a little bit. So I'll be interested to see if some of the tweaks that they've made as of late can kind of hold up. But at times it was just little micro mistakes where mm. you lose a, you lose a face off, the puck moves over quickly, shot on goal, someone is not tying up a stick in front, and then it's really like a simple tap-in. And I yeah. think it was the Canucks game where they scored twice and they needed a combined 15 seconds between both power plays to score where it's literally just, it's not even a a scenario where they're grinding and grinding and grinding and scoring at the last minute with tired legs. It's just, it's just breakdowns that you really can't have happen. Now, hopefully, like I said, three out of four, two out of three, three out of four, hopefully they're turning a corner, Mm -hmm. but there have been some hair pulling uh, examples earlier this year, but, did they, um, did they change personnel or have they changed strategy? Just out of curiosity. It's really, it's really kind of been most of the same people. Um, okay. I mean, you've, you've had some, you've had some scenarios where you've had like injuries to like, like Brett Howden is someone who hasn't played since um, I think it's November 25th. Like, you know, he was used a little bit on, on the penalty kill. Um, but for the most part, it's, it's been the same sort of, you know, cast of characters. Okay. Um, who is a player that we might not know about that we should keep an eye on? So a player that probably isn't well known that should be kept an eye on is a middle six forward by the name of Will Carrier. And Will Carrier, he was originally, um, a member of the Buffalo Sabres and he was someone who, you know, was drafted in the second round uh, towards the, the middle of the second round. You know, he, he was a winger with size and he just, he came to the team in the, in the expansion draft. And this year he has eight goals and 11 points in 26 games and all of last year, he had nine goals and 20 points in 63 games. So 
if all continues as it has, and obviously I expect there to be somewhat of a drop-off, he's going to blow past his career bests in goals, assists, and points. Um, so he's been a kind of a under-the-radar um, contributor for um, the Golden Knights. And then you also have, as of, as of recently, um, another young forward um, by the name of Paul Cotter. And he scores two goals against the Bruins um, in the most recent game. He has a pair of, of shootout winners, you know, kind of out of nowhere where it's uh, you kind of would expect the bigger names to to be the ones scoring, whether it's, you know, Eichel or Stone or Riley Smith or Jonathan Marshall. So, but, you know, just, you know, random kind of like 23-year-old trying to make his way, uh, you know, scoring big. Um, and you always love those under-the-radar contributions. And then an, a one last name, which probably people may or may not know, um, William Carlson. He obviously... Mm. Um, he grew a lot of notoriety when he scores 43 goals in the inaugural season for the Golden Knights. Um, you know, since that first season, his production overall kind of has gone a little bit downhill, but he's sort of refining his form this year, and that's that's been beneficial for for Vegas. So I would say um those three A's, Carrier, Cotter, and Carlson which kind of sounds like a law firm now that I read it in succession. <laughs> it really does, actually. All right, is there any other, you know, random, interesting tidbit about the Vegas Golden Knights that you think someone watching them for the first time this season should know? Um, I don't think there's a random tidbit, but I just think that it would be funny, you know, if there ever were, like, a mascot fight, you know, their Gila Monster versus Gritty. Like, I just think that would be rather entertaining. I mean, no offense to the monster, but no Oh, Gritty's, Gritty's the alpha. He's he's the, the heavyweight. No no questions. We love I was, uh, I actually, a friend of mine and I went to the Avalanche game. Uh, yesterday and determined definitively I think because he was playing a game of frisbee on the ice so you know like throwing a frisbee on ice with a giant costume on that you're looking through a mouth and you have like squeaky big paw hands like throwing a frisbee with precision and catching it I've just decided like he's the greatest athlete of this or any generation I think I would love to know how much the actual gritty makes like the person beneath the costume. Like it's almost like they're larger than life that they're able to do all of these, like obviously mascots. It's, it's a concept that, you know, you're, you're, you're larger than life. You're playing up to fans and all that. But all right. like what gritty does is just on a completely another level. Like I think it's, um, like the mascot for, um, I think it's like the Denver Nuggets. Like they do, um, they do other stuff too. But like, yeah, I think I saw somewhere they're making like like six hundred thousand dollars a year. Like, obviously, I don't think you know the Flyers are paying you know some certainly not that much money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that person, whatever they're being paid, probably not enough. Oh, almost certainly not enough. I would imagine that if you doubled what they're being paid, it's probably not enough. But you know, working in sports, it's where everyone gets rich, right, Tom? <laughs> Except us. <laughs> 
We get money to buy a tank of gas. Yay. Um, last question. Final score for the game. What's your guess? Final score. Um, it's a good question. I would say I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say a final score of 5-2 Golden Knights. 5-2 Golden Knights. Okay, okay. With one of those goals being an empty netter. Yeah, I uh, I think the Flyers are going to lose this one because it's on the road. They've really only beaten good teams that have a lot of injuries, and you guys don't really have a lot of key injuries. I mean, even if Petrangelo is out, I don't really think that handicaps the team all that much. So I'm going to go. I'm going to I'm going to keep it close. And I'm going to say three to one Golden Knights and one of them is an empty netter. I think that's reasonable. I mean, oh it's God. obviously dependent on who's in goal for the Flyers. Like, I, I know Carter Hart's been better than last year, although. Yeah, he's been pretty good. Kind of. That, that's good to see. Like, you know, I know torts and, and goalies can sometimes be uh, a very interesting uh, situation. Good news for Carter Hart is John Tortorella has a lot of shit to worry about before he gets to the goaltender that's playing pretty well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's got too much to worry about. Um, Tom, thank you so much for chatting with me. I really appreciate it. If you would like to, uh, you can tell the people where they can find you on the internet. Sure. You can find me on Twitter uh, at Tom Ertz Jr. And you can also find me at uh, on SB Nation at Nights on Ice, and also at uh, Blue Shirt Banner. Ah, yes. The Rangers, who are going completely crazy right now. But that's for another time. Yes. (laughs) Thank you again, Tom. I hope that you enjoy the game. Hope everyone listening gets to enjoy the game. And I hope the boys give us a show. Go Flyers.